Hi, I'm Lori, and I want to welcome you to the Awakening Moments podcast. And I'm Rhonda. Lori and I are pastors here in Ottawa, Canada, and we're both wives, moms, and most importantly, daughters and servants of God. And it's our hope and prayer that you would have awakening moments with us as we wrestle through the hard things in life. Lori and I love that we can share our lives with you, so grab your tea or coffee and let's awaken our hearts together. Well, hello, Laura. Hi, Rhonda. How you doing? I'm great. How are you? I am so good. We have a special guest. Yes, we do. In the studio today, and we're so excited. <laughs> yes, we are. As you giggle away over oh there. Gosh. Are you ready for this? I'm ready. I'm so excited to be here with my two girlfriends. Yeah. So, awesome. Carolyn Coyman is with us today, and we're going to have a conversation about prayer. We're going to talk about lots of things, but we're going to talk about prayer, because prayer is one of your greatest passions. One of your greatest passions, would you say? Absolutely. 100%. Uh, I would say my greatest passion, for sure. Greatest passion. Yeah. And and you know what? Prayer is something that all of us are called to do to develop our relationship with God. But it's something that so many people struggle with. Yeah. yeah. So many true. people struggle in their prayer walk or in how to pray or in feeling like they're maybe mm. not praying enough or just all kinds of things. So I think this is going to be a great conversation today. I'm excited to be yeah. here. Yeah. I know. We are so excited. So Carolyn, why don't you start us off? Tell us a little bit about yourself. Alrighty. Well, let's see now. I've been a member of the Life Center for 21 years. I've been married for 30 to the most awesome guy who happens to be good friends with both of your hubbies as well, mm -hmm. Terry. We have two adult kids that we're very close to, a son and a daughter, and that are both serving the Lord and members of the Life Center as well. Um, I'm a retired nurse, as you girls know. Um, and a recent real estate agent and artist. So cool. So amazing. Oh, pursuing yeah. like second careers kind of after fun. after retirement. I love that about you. I love that about you. That's so cool. Thank you. Maybe share a little bit too how you came upon art because even that's a really cool. It is kind of a cool story. Yeah. It'll give you you girls a little nudge to like listen to those those little suggestions from our husband sometimes. My husband <laughs> is in the art business and uh, my favorite artist was in town going to be doing an art uh, an art course for artists for a week and he got it in his head that he thought this would be a good idea for me to do and I've never painted in my life and I thought he was crazy. Anyhow, he just kept pushing and for some crazy reason I decided to try it thinking I'm sure I'm going to make a fool of myself and will go home after the first day and never go back. But little did I know that deep down in there was, I guess, a bit of a talent and a love for painting that I never knew was there, that God had waited until that moment to awaken in me. Wow. And as a result, has brought so much joy to my life. So there you go. Try oh new things. Goodness. You never know what God is going to awaken in your heart. It's so true. Can you imagine all of the untapped possibilities that are within us from things that we've just never even attempted or tried? Yeah. I definitely don't have art. I have my pictures look like a five-year-old drew them. So, I mean, that we can check that one off the list. But who knows? Who knows? Maybe I was meant to be a skydiver or a mountain climber. I don't know. I'm pretty sure I was not meant to be a skydiver. <laughs> no. Oh, so good. So good. Oh, that's awesome. That's awesome. Thanks for sharing that. All right. So, um, 
talk to us a little bit about your relationship with God. How did you find God? How did God find you? That's a great question. How did that happen in your life, Carolyn? Well, um, I was raised in a home where we always believed in God and always went to church. So God was always part of my life. And I remember even as a really young child praying even then. But when I was 12, my grandfather had uh, recently gone to a Catherine Kuhlman meeting where he got radically saved and filled with the Holy Spirit. And, you know, was told my mom all about it. She got born again. So did I at that age at 12. And so that was the beginning of like a real awakening to my personal relationship with Jesus. So that's how it all began. Um, And then I definitely did have some years where I would say I walked away from God and tried everything that the world had to offer. Um, But then when I became pregnant with my first child, I was married at the time. Um, All of a sudden, as soon as I found out I was pregnant, I knew what do I want more than anything in the whole world for this child? Well, for him to know you, Jesus. So I came running back to the Lord with everything in me. And I've never looked back. That is beautiful. Carolyn, in your in your journey with God, have you always, like even as a little girl looking back, was prayer a big part of your expression and your love language to God? Did you pray a lot to the Lord when you were little? Like just looking back through your journey, how has that developed over time? I definitely, you know, it's funny, I I was thinking about it recently, and I think it always has been part of my life, Mm. just uh, a knowing that I could speak to God and that I could pray to him, and that I could trust him to watch over me, to protect me, to help me in situations. So I guess it was always there. Um, What I would say really awakened it in me for the very first time, um, I would say, is difficult circumstances. You know, I'd like to say that it was, you know, a prayer book I read or a course I took or something like that. But to be very honest with you, it was those really hard places in life, those really, those, those low places, those challenges that came into my life where I was desperately in need of God to move on my behalf. And so through those circumstances, those hard places, he has really taught me about the power and the privilege that it is to come before the creator of the entire universe, the God who is orchestrating galaxies, who knows all things, who has every resource at his disposal, who loves me and knows the beginning from the end to be able to partner with him and actually bring my requests, my concerns, everything before him and watch him move on my behalf. And so that that's sort of how it all started. Wow. That is, that's so true. That's so true, though, what you said about us often starting from a place of brokenness, from a place of difficult circumstances, when we're in desperate, desperate need of God for something. And often I find that, you know, a lot of people go to God in prayer with needs, mm-hmm. things that they need, things that they have need of him. But but we often don't develop the side of prayer that just is the relational side of prayer, right? Just the getting to know God side of prayer, or just the even believing that God wants to know about me and and my day and the things that are on my heart and that this exchange can happen. Um, Maybe, Carolyn, talk a little bit about that first uh, kind of crisis that brought you to your knees. Mm -hmm. Okay. 
Well, I had married this wonderful man named Terry who did not know Jesus yet. And uh, I had this brand new baby and was not only wanting, you know, my baby to know Jesus, but now I'm really desperate for my husband to also come to know Jesus. So that was number one. But then when my child was two months old, he was diagnosed with a liver problem that all the specialists at CHEO basically said was pretty much terminal, that it was throughout his entire liver and there was nothing they were going to be able to do about it. And so I remember staying up all night by his little crib at CHEO, just crying out to God. And I felt God's presence with me during that time. And I saw my husband, you know, just like cry in desperation for the first time I since I had known him. And I saw God miraculously actually change the diagnosis at the last minute to something that he was going to outgrow. And I just knew, you just, I just had a knowing that God had intervened and had rescued my baby. Mm-hmm. And so that was the beginning for me of like, wow. And I think it really got Terry's attention as well, you know. And so it wasn't, wasn't that many years later that he actually came to know Jesus when we came to Life Center. Wow. That is so powerful. Now tell, for those who are listening, Carolyn, that perhaps have never really prayed or felt that they could pray, like it's something maybe they felt someone else did and they weren't worthy enough to do Mm -hmm. or whatever it may be. What would you say to them listening today, like in your desperation, wherever they're at in their lives, what would you say um, about prayer? Where to start? What should they do? Like if they're listening and they've never prayed before? Well, I think for me, the beginning of prayer is just knowing, knowing about God, knowing and believing what the word says about him. I think that's really the the basis of prayer and where to start. So I think to know, first of all, that God is really, really good. It's a heart position. Mm -hmm. It's not really a formula or a way to do it. It's a heart position. So he's like this good father that absolutely adores us and cares about every single thing. And so to know that, it's easier to approach him, you know, and he wants good things for us. And, you know, to see him as faithful and as true and as good and that his word and all the promises in it are actually the truth and that we can grab hold of those as our inheritance as sons and daughters of God. So it's not like we come before him as beggars, Mm, you know, it's, so good. it's the word says to mm-hmm. come boldly before right, his throne right. of grace and obtain mercy and whatever we need. Right. Like, wow. Right. Mm. You know, and so I just, I just see him that way. And right. I think I see him that way because he's proven himself to be that over and over and over. So approachable, yeah. so good, right. so loving. And he doesn't, he doesn't really care how we pray. Yeah. Just that we come to him. Yeah. You know? And I, he says, sorry to interrupt, no, no. you know, if we draw near to him, he draws yeah. near to us. Yeah, totally. And how often is it though, that we actually bring God down into our circumstance rather than allowing God to elevate us to what he sees and what he has for us and the provision he's already made. We bring him down into our brokenness and our pain and our circumstance mm-hmm. and see him through that lens yeah. and wonder why he's not doing what we want him to do rather than allowing God to actually bring us up to see the perspective that he has on the situation. It's not always that even in our prayer time that God completely changes the situation, but he completely changes 
us yeah, in the situation yes. and then everything changes. Yeah. It makes everything so, so different. You mentioned something a minute ago about what we believe about God as being a part of how we come to him. Mm-hmm. And I think for a lot of people, there is a struggle about seeing God as a good father. And I'm curious, like even for you, Rhonda, have you ever struggled to see God as good or to see God kind of as that good father? Has there ever been a challenge in kind of getting there in your belief of God? You know, I that's an interesting question. So I'm trying to think of how I've approached God. Probably if, if you would ask me, my initial thing would be like, no, I've always seen God as good. Yeah. But what I've struggled with in my prayer time in the past, I feel like God has really set me free from that, was the striving. So part of me is like, I actually really didn't see God as a good God. I saw God as a good God if I did A, B, C, D, E. Oh, yeah. So exactly, you saying bringing God to my circumstance. If I earned that like righteousness or I was good enough or I did exactly what I feel like God needed, then he would listen and help. But if not, it was like he was standoffish. Like I had to earn that. That would be the honest truth. At the time, I probably didn't realize that that was a stronghold or a struggle for me. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. to be honest, I actually didn't see God as good. I saw God as a little bit more of, it was depending on how I was acting, depending on my performance versus God is good because God is good. Right. Because that is his character. Right. It has nothing to do with me. Yeah. <laughs> nothing. No, it's so, so true. And it's how so about true. for... Did, did, did your earthly father, your relationship with your earthly father influence that view? Yes, I would say so. Because I, and you know, also my personality. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah, think yeah. The, we've talked yeah. lots about the Enneagram. I mean, but, not to put down your earthly <laughs> yeah, father. I, I don't mean it like that. Like, but I, I mean, like how you relate. <laughs> Absolutely. To kind of this father idea of father or father figure. Did I that think impact? that, I think that has to impact it because people who talk about fathers, you initially go to yeah. who your father is. Yeah. yeah. And I had a wonderful father. I'm also a, like a pleaser. Right. And came from a home where my dad was a first generation, really strong born again Christian. And, you know, when you come from a family that's not mm-hmm. overly warm or loving, you know, from his background, he had to relearn a lot of those yeah. things in Christ. And so, you know, all of the way that we learn that with our kids, it can, we all filter things different, oh my goodness, yeah. but so definitely true. as a people pleaser, I felt like my dad loved me when I did things well. Right. Now, whether that was a truth or not, no, totally. that's exactly how I felt. Yeah. And that is exactly where yeah. God has had to go and still goes. Yeah. I feel like when I start to get to, I can sense that struggle come up. That's a, that's a truth that is not true. Wow. It's something I have to completely wow. defeat with the truth of the word of God. And I think yeah. just like Carolyn was saying, as we go back yeah. to the truth of God's word, it helps us to pray because we are broken yeah. Yeah, and we good. pray through brokenness. So we need the word to continually transform our mind for the Holy Spirit to help us to pray through that because that's the truth I felt was my truth. And so I think I just had like a chill there when you said that, like whether that was the truth or not, because it's, it is so true that no matter how great our parents were or, or bad our parents were, Mm -hmm. because there's both ends of the spectrum. Like all of our parents are flawed and we're flawed. We're We're parents. We're all parents and we're flawed as parents, even as loving as we want to be with our kids, we're flawed as parents. And just the revelation of, you know, cause I can relate to that too. Like just this sense that I had my dad's approval when I was doing and being good, which then taught me I needed to perform and I needed to always 
appear like I was doing well. I'm doing well in school. I'm doing well in life. And then I would feel approval. But again, whether that was actually true or not, I'm sure if I asked my dad, he would say, oh my goodness, no, I didn't oh, love you. Sure. I didn't love you right. any less for when sure. you disappointed me. I didn't love you any less when, you know, you got a bad grade or missed curfew or whatever the things were. <laughs> But I sensed I got approval when I did good and I got disapproval or disappointment when I didn't. And then I translated that in my right. own child, childlike mind as being loved or not loved. How much do we actually do that with God too, yes. though? We do. Yeah, Where definitely. we literally have these ideas of who God is based on our own experience. Like, like for example, you know, my, my baby's sick, you know, yes. and I'm in the hospital what have I done wrong? God must be punishing me for something. We believe these kinds of things to be true and they're not true. No, no. Not at they're all. not true. That wasn't true for my dad, even though I thought it was true. It was true for me, but it wasn't true. It wasn't the truth and it's not true for God. And so again, going back to God's word is why it's so important that we mm-hmm. actually learn who God reveals himself to be through his word to us and that we trust that and that that becomes our truth over our experience because it's like even in life when my life is not going well that doesn't necessarily mean that God has rejected me that God is looking down on me that God's punishing me that God's turned his back on me the the truth is that God is with me wherever I go he promises never to leave me and so if he promises never to leave me and if he if the scriptures say that he is for me, then who could be against me? Then then even when I'm in a difficult circumstance, I have a hope. Mm-hmm. I right. have someone right. right to hold me through that, to hold yeah. me in that. That doesn't mean that we're above difficult circumstances. Anyways, I literally was like, I just so heard good. that as you said that, that mm-hmm. like what I believe versus the truth. The truth of what, you know, who God sees us as and who God actually is. That's such a powerful part of prayer. It really is. You know, connecting to God in prayer. Yeah, yeah. And I think, you know, that, that, you know, brings something else to mind that I think is important. And I think it's to, you know, it's a two-way conversation, you know. And so to be listening to what God has to say about, you know, our circumstance or about whatever it is we're coming to him about, or even listening just in general to what he may want to bring into light that we don't know. That's so important to be not only just speaking to God, but to actually having our ears and our hearts open to hear what he has to say to us. Mm Mm-hmm. Definitely. That relational part of prayer, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Carolyn, I feel like even sitting beside you, you have had so many amazing experiences in your life to press through in prayer. So many. And that really is where God grows us and stretches us. Mm-hmm. And I love that you're yeah. on, you've seen victories and stuff. And some of these are still, I, we know you so well, and we're all praying through things in our yeah. own lives. Yeah. yeah. But I, I, I know people personally that have unbelieving spouses that don't have a relationship with God and you've been on that place and now your husband Terry just loves oh, Jesus I know. It's amazing. and just is such a big part of our church here and so why don't you just talk a little bit about praying for an unbelieving spouse and just encouraging people that are listening today okay well I think um you know the first thing that I always think about when it comes to praying for an unbelieving spouse is that faith and love work together so you know you not only have to have faith, 
that it's actually for sure God's will that your spouse be saved because Jesus came to seek and save those that were lost. Right. To destroy the works of the enemy. He doesn't want anyone to perish. So you're assured that for it's absolutely his will. Um, but, you know, so we need the love as well. And I think it's really important that you're walking in the fruit of the Holy Spirit when you're, you know, living with an unsaved spouse. You've got to be showing that agape love of Jesus and really applying what it says in first Peter, um, you know, chapter one verses, sorry, first, first Peter chapter three, verses one to four about how a wife of an unbelieving spouse should actually behave and how important it is to honor your husband. But I think, um, you know, basically they are deceived. Hmm. They haven't had their eyes opened yet to the glorious gospel. And so, you know, to know that, A, there's such power in prayer. B, you also have authority over the enemy's work in your spouse's life. And so you're not fighting against your your spouse. They don't even really know that they don't know yet. And so I think to come from a place of, you know, commanding those obstacles to their hearts being open to that glorious gospel that brings salvation to be removed, um, you know, binding any lies or deception, commanding those out of their lives. Those are really, it's a powerful tool, that authority that Jesus has given us. And so really disarm the enemy in your spouse's life. And it's important to, you know, find some scriptures and to pray the truth of the word of God over your spouse and speak those things that are not as though they are right Mm. because there are such power in our words Mm. you know and faith is the assurance of things hoped for so start talking to God like you are expecting and believing all of these wonderful things to happen he loves that Mm -hmm. he he looks down and thinks wow my girl is really expecting me to move here I guess I better get going (laughs) (laughs) I really believe that you know um and don't forget that you're one flesh there is a supernatural covenant Mm. to a marriage you're one flesh so stay connected in every way if you know what I mean, because <laughs> what do you mean, Carolyn? I mean, <laughs> keep that sexual intimacy going, girls, because a that is ministry to your husband. Yes. Many of them receive love that way, and that keeps you intimately, spiritually connected. Mm. And you know what? There's nothing he can do about your spirit connecting with his spirit. There's nothing that he can do to stop it. And so, and That's you know what? The, the spirit of the living God in you is greater. Yes. Then, you know, he who's in the world. That's right. So you get to set the atmosphere in your home through prayer, through just your your attitude, your actions, and just know that, hey, wow, it's just a matter of time. Was that a difficult season for you when you were so passionately in faith and your husband did not have as passionate of an expression of faith in his life? Oh, I would say it was very difficult. And I think the reason why is because it's a, it was such a big part of my life, something I was so excited about, and I really couldn't share it with him because he, he absolutely just didn't get it, you know? So I, I felt like this huge part of me, he wasn't able to enter into with me. So yeah, it was very difficult. So mm. I, yeah, I feel for those spouses who are praying for sure. But don't give up. That's don't right. Give up. That's beautiful. <laughs> 
we're going to take a little break from the podcast with an exciting announcement. Well, our first set of dates for our conference are sold out March 6th and 7th. We've sold out, Rhonda. That is amazing. Oh, I am so excited. Amazing. But if you missed your chance to get a ticket, we're launching a second set of dates. Oh my goodness. I know. I love this. I do too. It's going to be available for Thursday, March 5th, starting at 7.30 p.m., running into Friday, March 6th from 9 to 4.30 p.m. Conference is $89 and tickets are available at heartconference.ca. Ladies, this is your chance. If you missed out on the first set of dates, grab your tickets. It's going to be life-changing. The second set of dates is actually really ideal. If you are retired, if you are a stay-at-home mom with school-aged children, by the time your kids are getting home from school, you'll be done. If you even have just lots of commitments on the weekends, or if you have the ability to take a day off work, you can have your weekends still free and get this incredible transformational women's conference experience uh, before the weekend. I love it. And I have a strong sense, Lori, that God is going to take us out of hiding to reveal how he sees us when he looks at us. Amen. Well, ready or not, here we come. You know, Carolyn, that was so good. I just even felt as you were talking, a stir in my spirit because I have some friends, really close friends that whose husbands don't believe. And I just felt like, you know what, when I'm with them, to take some moments to believe in prayer for them. Because I know one in particular has been praying for a really long time and it can be discouraging. The truth is it can be discouraging when you're going years and years and believing and you actually sometimes see the opposite start to happen. You think, God, are you really hearing my prayer? And so I just really felt like in my heart, I'm going to just stand in prayer with her and just believe in faith with her and speak those words out together to support her in her faith journey of believing for her husband as well. That's great, Rhonda. I really think that's awesome. And that's that's the advice that I would give to somebody who is getting sort of weary, you know, to just grab a prayer partner, mm-hmm. start to pray together, you know, start to believe together. Just, you know, stir up your faith once again. Maybe even, you know, remind yourself of all the answers to prayer that God has brought to your life in the past. And just remind yourself that, Listen, God has been faithful in those things. He's going to be faithful in this. But Amen. I think we do need each other. Yes. Absolutely. You know, there's something about praying together. If one can put a thousand to flight, it says two can put 10,000 to flight. So there you go. That's mm-hmm. Yeah, that's not just double. That's, that's it. major <laughs> multiplication. I love that. That's so I wonder so how good. many when the three of us pray together. <laughs> <laughs> Millions. <laughs> Millions by faith. Oh, Jesus. so name. good. Oh, I love that. Okay, let's talk about some fun things prayers that God has answered. Yes. What are some stories so like of, exciting. Of, of prayers that God has answered? One of the things I find so interesting, anytime I go back and I read a journal, I realize literally how many so prayers many. God answers, but also how many times I don't go back to actually so thank God that oh, he answered yeah. those prayers yeah. or or that I even forget that I prayed it. It's like you're praying it for so long and then it comes and you're like, this is this is awesome. But you almost forget how long you labored in prayer sometimes with certain things it's when true, they become yeah. kind of a regular part of your, your kind of journaling and your routine and what you're giving to God. So yeah, like what would be some fun stories of things God answered? Oh my goodness. I could go on and on. And that's why I'm so excited about prayer because it, 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 
it actually really works. God really does intervene in our lives. So one of the most recent for me, I've shared a little bit with both of you, but you know, there has been something that I have struggled with for over 20 years and it's really walking in love toward, you know, um, someone in my life that I mean, is not going anywhere. Okay. And I really, really, my heart's desire was to honor God and to walk in love toward that person. But for some reason, I just could not seem to gain victory in that area anyway. So I've prayed about it. I've asked. Anyway, I had breakthrough just recently. The Lord, I feel, showed me way back when, when this wound came in and, you know, showed me that that was never meant for me that he was there and he defended me and those words were not the truth. And so anyhow, he just absolutely miraculously completely healed my heart. I'm so excited about that it. Is beautiful. It's like oh. it's like he removed this great big ball of hurt and bitterness and resentment and unforgiveness that I didn't want but couldn't seem to get rid of and it's gone and I'm so excited about it. So that's a really big recent one. And then I mean one that I love <laughs> is, do you remember when we went to Uganda, Lori? Yeah. On a missions trip? Yeah. And so we were checking the weather before we went, and it was uh, calling for torrential rain every single day of every our 10-day uh, missions trip. Yeah. And so- The rainy season. I'm crazy enough to believe, Laura, that it was our prayers that actually caused the weather to change. We had no rain- <laughs> We had beautiful weather every single day. The only time it rained actually was when we needed the ladies to come back inside. The Lord decided, okay, well, I'll rain so they'll come back in. So it rained then when this giant group of women needed to come back indoors. Um, and so I, I am crazy enough to believe that actually our prayers affected that entire mission strip's weather. Um, you know, I believe even for God to raise the dead. So in our life group, mm -hmm. we've been part of this life group for many years. Um, someone's brother had a terrible accident and, uh, and as a result, his actually hit, he had his head run over. If you can imagine how awful wow. that is. Oh my goodness. And so, um, the doctors basically pronounced him to be brain dead as a result of this terrible accident and called the family to say, we need to plan end of life. But we prayed as a life group and believed, no, like that's, we're, we're going to leave room for God here. And miraculously, this man started to speak and someone with no brain activity knew his name, scored nine out of 10 on, you know, cognitive test. And as a result, he's walking in rehab, total miracle. So oh my I basically, can, you, I, I would basically say Jesus raised him from the dead. Yes. Oh my goodness. You know, so there's that one, which I love that's recent as well. And then, you know, my beautiful, beautiful boy, you guys know this story, but I, I'm going to keep telling this testimony because I remember I said to God, when he did this, I am going to tell this and thank you for it every day time I get the chance. Yeah. So he, um, you know, in his, uh, late teens, early twenties became just super rebellious in every way, um, and became addicted to heavy drugs and alcohol and like big time into everything dark. It was terrible. Anyhow, through prayer and the miraculous hand of God, he absolutely came back to Jesus, but God miraculously actually delivered him from drug addiction without ever having to go into rehab. Wow. Like it's, it's just still blows my mind to this day. And then a smaller, more funny one. 
Um, <laughs> my daughter decided she wanted to go skiing and was looking for her snow pants. And I knew they were in the house. I had washed them at the end of summer to put them away. Anyhow, we looked everywhere. The whole family looked. No one could find them. <laughs> I knew they were in the house. And so finally I said, has anyone prayed and asked God? And nobody had. And so I said, Lord, you know where those snow pants are? Would you just show me where the snow pants are? And so he brought something to mind about where they were. And I said, well, I already looked there. He said, yeah, but look behind the box. And so sure enough, I go and there are the snow pants. <laughs> so oh, I mean, I, love I say all of these things oh. to just like nothing is too big. Right. Yeah. And nothing is too small. Yes. God cares about every single detail of our lives. So that was I could actually go on and on about that. But anyway, he also, we had an air conditioner um, that wasn't all that old that was going on the fritz. And, you know, my husband said, well, now we're going to have to buy a new air conditioner. I'm like, no, I don't think so. I'm going to speak <laughs> life over that air conditioner. Lord, would you just resurrect this air conditioner? And sure enough, it just started working again. <laughs> So that's it when my air conditioner goes down I'm like Carolyn join me in faith <laughs> I remember <laughs> you, for this. I, think was, I think it was your son Harrison telling me a story about keys oh that he, was a good he one he locked the keys in the car or, or he took someone took the keys or what happened with the car keys oh my goodness that was crazy yeah. so yeah so he had locked his keys in his jeep right in the car and he was stuck downtown and you know he said he thought maybe there was a spare set of Jeep keys at home. Could I bring them? So I grabbed the keys that I thought they were and went down there and gave them to him. And he tried and he's like, they don't even fit in the key holder, mom. Like, this is the key for dad's Cadillac. I'm like, oh, Oops. I thought this was the key. Are you sure? Anyway, I said, you know, like, let's just pray. I, I just, these are the only other keys that were there. So anyhow, I prayed and then I. I tried the key and I'm not kidding girls. It opened the door. <laughs> Harrison's like, mom, that is so crazy. These are not even Jeep keys. <laughs> that is so neat. Oh, I forgot about that one. That was a good that one. Is that is so, good. That is we so had crazy. that in prayer today though. That scripture that God cares about every detail of your right. life. It's in Psalms. Right. I can't think of the reference right now, right. but it is Psalm. 63. It might be 63. Yeah. Now, do you have any neat stories so to share there about I mean, answered prayer? I mean, tons like that. Tons. I mean, everything from like, Lord, um, I'm going to be making a meal for someone this week. I really need chicken to be on sale. <laughs> and chicken's on sale. Like, I mean, literally the smallest, what seems so insignificant and unimportant, but, but was important to me as, you know, a stay-at-home mom on a budget or, yeah. you know, like really detail that really really mattered to you know praying things for my kids ha praying to find things exact like bringing God into every detail I know one um I mean there's just it, it's endless and daily you yeah. know from yesterday you know waking up tired and saying oh I'm so tired to literally feeling God say well would you like to be tired today or would you like to have my strength Oh, I'll take your strength. Sure. <laughs> and literally like love it. a full, I mean, fullest of the full kind of day and just strength, you know, strength to boot, like love absolute it. and complete <laughs> provision of strength. The smallest and the largest things. I remember when we wanted to um, buy a house 
And, uh, you know, we have four little, little babies in, um, a townhouse. One was sleeping in the closet, you know, double, uh, doubling up on all the rooms. And, you know, we were happy in the townhouse. Yeah. We were totally, totally fine. And we had looked and we almost put a down payment on a brand new build, a brand new house. And literally on the day we were going to sign the papers, both Jason and I just felt like this check in our spirit, like mm. this, this isn't right. Something's not right about this. And so we called them and we were both devastated. Like we were really sad, but we called and said, I'm sorry. Like it's not the right time. And we just, we let it go. We left it. And it's funny because I drive by where that house would, would have been often. I just drive by and I think, huh, I, it's all good, you know? And so about six months later, on a complete, complete random whim, we go and look at another house and I loved the house, but it wasn't on the right kind of street. It was on a busy street and I, I and it didn't have a finished basement. There were a couple things about it, but I loved it. It was beautiful. And, um, and I said to Jason, I, I'm not willing to live on a busy street. Like I have four little tiny kids. We have to find a house on a quiet street that the kids can safely go out on. And we lived on a busy street where we were. So, so we, we, we let it go. Jason really wanted it. He loved it. But I, I just said, I, I'm not willing, I'm not willing to settle on that. A few days later, I was just in my devotion time and I opened up the Bible and I literally had prayed a prayer just before I started to read. And I said, God, like, are we supposed to move? And you know, you know how you're kind of going back and mm -hmm. forth for months and months and months. And you're kind of like, oh, and I actually said to God, God, like this house that we're living in, it's, it's fine. It, we'll, we're happy here, but it's just a little small for us. It's just a little small for four kids. And, you know, that was my prayer. But I said, but like, I would love to know if we're supposed to move, like if you have something for us. Sure enough, I, I read this story and literally the words of the Bible, a story I'd never read before said, you know, when the sons of Elijah came to him and said to him, the house that we're living in is much too small. <laughs> Can we go down by the river and build a larger house? And I, I was like, what did I just read and wow. what just happened? And and then I knew that the next line was going to have the answer. I didn't, I knew it was going to say yes or no. I knew. And I was literally like, God, like, is, I, I prayed wow. that. I read that line and I'm like, <laughs> oh my goodness. And I'm freaking out. So I open the Bible back up again and I see, yes, go ahead, go and, you know, and just a couple days later, we found the exact same house, the exact same model on a quiet street with a park across the street with no neighbors, with a finished basement, like a, a better wow. scenario on every, every level. And we, we were just in awe, like we were in absolute awe that God would speak so clearly and would give us such clear, clear, clear direction about a decision. And I mean, for as long, long, long time, I've just asked him about almost everything. He it. tells me if I'm supposed to go visit my family, he tells me when I'm supposed to, you know, whatever I'm supposed to do, especially if it's like a larger thing that affects the family. Um, not necessarily just like, should I make, you know, can I make dinner tonight? Like it's not quite down to that level. Cause I no, hope you would say you no. don't make dinner. <laughs> okay, Lord. Yeah, sorry. God told me not to make You're dinner. You're all fasting. Maybe I should ask. <laughs> we probably hear sorry, no a lot. God told me I'm not to make dinner tonight. <laughs> it's the kid's turn. But anyways, yeah. So, mm -hmm. I mean, there are so many incredible stories seeing breakthroughs in my family. And, and of course, like the personal miracles, like you shared a minute ago, Carolyn, when God just sets you free oh, from something that's been burdening you for yes. such a long time. That's just all, like, it's amazing 
because you feel so different and your circumstance didn't change. And I bet those people haven't changed, but (laughs) but you're so different and everything's different. And yeah. What about for you? So awesome. I know. I think we all have so many stories. Okay. One fun story. And then one story that, you know, I think the interesting thing too is when we pray, God answers prayer but sometimes it's not at the time what we think. Sometimes right. it is. Totally. But sometimes God so answers his prayer, but it's not necessarily what we thought he would answer. Mm-hmm. But the first one was when we were about to get, when we were the night before I got married, at the time where we I didn't have a passport, we were traveling to the States, you only needed your license to fly. I could not find my license. And it's the night before I'm getting married. I'm leaving right from the wedding to my honeymoon, like literally leaving. You don't want to miss your honeymoon. <laughs> no, you don't want to miss your honeymoon. <laughs> and I'm like, I can't get on that plane without my license. And I am looking everywhere. And it's now like two o'clock in the morning. I've got my dad looking, my mom looking, all the bridesmaids are sleeping. I'm up. I am. I was driving that day, cannot find it. And I'm really like starting to get worked up, like really worked up, which is a big thing for me. Like I'm crying. I'm starting to get like panicky, like mom... And I just stopped. I felt like saying, Holy Spirit, I've been looking about three, four hours for it. I was like, Holy Spirit, where's my license? I need to find my license. I literally heard a voice in my heart say, go into your dad's car, look under the driver's seat. It fell out of your wallet. Wow. And I was like, I've never had that happen that clear at that point in my life as far as in prayer like that. Yeah. Outside of a call or anything. But I was like, okay. I literally go to my dad's car. I look under, underneath is my driver is my driver's license. It fell out of my wallet under my seat. And Amazing. I just actually got on my knees in the driveway, bawling. It was also about two, three in the morning and I was so <laughs> exhausted. Totally. And I was like, Jesus. But he literally cared to tell me exactly where it was. Like the snow pants story. Yeah. That, and I just thought at that moment, that scripture, he cares about every detail of your life. You know, and that is was a big deal. I was going on a honeymoon, but it was a, not yeah. compared to... No. Walking now, you know, I've gone through, Jay's gone through cancer, you know, and praying for miraculous healing in his body, praying for God to do something. And, you know, God did heal Jay's body through medical intervention. Yes. And I'm so grateful Jay is here today. And, you know, not every story unfolds differently Mm -hmm. and God has mysteries and there's things that we Mm -hmm. have to trust God with that Mm -hmm. we don't know. But even in that prayer, praying that God would heal Jay, I've now watched Jay just last night picked up the phone to call someone going through the exact same surgery today. And how many times Jay has stepped in now to pray for someone. They come and they find him. People that know Jesus don't know Jesus. They're like, oh, my friend went through that. He went through that type of cancer. Call, I'll give you his number. And Jay has ministered to so many people. And I look at that that because Jay now has, you know, his whole body has yeah, changed. Yeah. And he's gone through the surgery and all the changes. And I just feel like that has been an answered prayer in the sense of people have come to God through it, like as far as to prayer through it. Now, whether they are in that salvation journey, we don't know, but they come to Jay to say, can you pray for me? Can you just pray? I'm going to surgery tomorrow. I'm really scared. And Jay's like, it's going to be okay. I have a colostomy too. I understand, but it's going to be okay. And God's with you. So the answer to prayer may have not seemed, but God has been using Jay for such kingdom purposes. So I'd love to speak a little bit into that, like knowing the will of God, praying the will of God and trusting the will of God when it looks different than what we would have hoped or prayed for. So Carolyn, maybe you could speak into that. Well, you know, I think often our will and God's will can be the same. You know, I do believe that the Lord 
puts desires in our hearts. And, you know, I think that we can, by the word of God, know what God's will is for many, you know, for, for many situations, not all, there are gray areas for sure. Um, but you know, for me, the word of God is the final say it's the final authority of in my life and even in my believing. So my faith doesn't rest on whether or not God has answered the prayers in the past Okay. on the circumstances that I've seen. My faith is anchored on the word. Okay. What the word of God says and who I know him to be intimately through his word, through just my personal relationship with him. So I think that that is a really, that's a really important foundation. So, you know, some of the, like we talked about earlier, some of the cornerstones of our faith are the goodness of God, the faithfulness of God, you know, um, just that, yes, he is sovereign Absolutely. And, you know, he knows what's best. He's all wise and he's all knowing. He does tell us to ask. We have Jesus as an example of the sorts of things that God does intervene in the earth and do. Um, so, you know, when I'm trying, if, if someone asked me if it was God's will, well, does it align with God's character, with the character of Jesus? Um, does it something that you see in the word? Is it something that is would be considered abundant life because that's what he died to give us um you know are you praying in fear is that Mm -hmm. the root of your prayer or are you praying in trust but you know our love for god and our devotion to god is not based on whether Mm -hmm. or not he answers our prayers and you know i always say this one thing and i really do i i mean it from the bottom of my heart, if the Lord never answered one more of my prayers from now until I go home with him, what Jesus did for me on the cross will always be more than enough for me to worship him and to devote my life to him for for now and all of eternity. And so I think it's important that our love for him, our relationship with him, our desire to serve him is not based on the outcome of our prayers. You know, I love him because of who he is and what he's done for me in terms of rescuing me from, you know, like a terrible eternity and, 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 you know, forgiving my sins. Um, you know, he's sovereign and there are mysteries, just like you said, Rhonda, and there's, he knows what's best and, you know, he uses all things, all things Mm -hmm. together for good. And, you know, he never said in his word that we were not going to have trials. He says we are going to have trials and troubles, you know, but there are things that he teaches us through suffering, through the trials, through those tribulations that honestly, I don't think we could necessarily learn any other way. Mm. And so there's a maturity that comes when we praise him and believe him and are anchored Mm -hmm. in him Mm -hmm. when he answers and when he doesn't. Mm -hmm. I think for me, I think the important point with that is I'm not ever going to shrink back from asking them. Absolutely. You know, I'm going to continue praying faith for healing, even though I've seen dear friends die, you know? Um, and you know, I personally, I love the story about the friends who climbed the roof, um, and, you know, dropped the stretcher down through through the roof to Jesus. And so I want to be that kind of friend 
to my friends mm. and I want those kind of friends in my life that the first place they're going to take me yeah. is to Jesus, no matter how hard it is to get me there. I love that because, you know, that is what God has asked us to do is to pray the words of faith. And I think oftentimes we take the outcome into our own hands or right away figure that God hasn't heard our prayer, but that shouldn't stop our prayers of faith. Right. We trust the outcome with God and whatever that outcome is, God will give us the strength and the grace and the perseverance through it and we'll work all things together for good. But that does not... Our responsibility is to not shrink back, but to keep praying those prayers of faith. Because even as I shared that story about Jay, still every night he believes for his healing. Amen. Every night, even though he's had a colostomy, he's has diabetes, every night he's like, Lord, I can wake up tomorrow morning and my whole body be completely right. healed Absolutely. in Jesus' name. Right. And if it's not here, I'll be on the other side of eternity. I trust you with it, but I believe you can do it. Love it. Because it's praying the prayers of faith that we believe God is able to do, not necessarily what we see happen. And that's kind of where some of those things can be mixed up, I think. But I love that. The prayers of faith are really important. No, it's so true. It's so true. And I mean, we see all throughout the scriptures, you know, where, where the Bible actually encourages us to pray and ask God, ask God for those big things, ask him and it will be given to you. But there's always, when we read those scriptures, often many people take that completely out of context because there's often God is giving us an instruction with that, Hmm. with that promise. It's not a carte blanche of anything that you want. Right. Like it's a trust in the fullness of who God is that we can actually believe for mountains to be removed. But like you said, sometimes the answer isn't the answer we were hoping for. And sometimes we don't even see that the prayer has been answered because it didn't look the way that we thought it, it should. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We true. get disillusioned in that, in that process. I mean, I've heard people say before, I've heard people wrestle through this in their own faith journey. Um, you know, where God doesn't answer like someone who is walking, you know, a healing journey, a physical healing journey, and God doesn't answer that mm-hmm. prayer. Mm-hmm. And they're vi- like, and they feel very let down by God. They feel very discouraged and disappointed. And it's even hard to listen to conversations like this where we're like, yeah, God answers prayer. God answers prayer. When they're literally in their story saying, well, he didn't answer my prayer. Mm-hmm. You know, how would you encourage somebody who's in that waiting season, who's in that time, who's walking out the disappointment of not seeing what it is that they're believing for. And I mean, these prayers are, you know, obviously there's, there's lots of different kinds of prayers, selfishly motivated prayers and all that stuff. But I mean, like heartfelt, like I want to have a baby and I can't, or, you know, I want to be healed this. I'm living with a debilitating, you know, illness that's, that's affecting every day of my life. I'm in pain every single day. I, you know, these like really like necessity based, um, types of prayers. What would you say to someone who's just struggling with God, not answering their prayer? You know, I think to continue to just go to God and be honest with him, but you know, I think of David who strengthened himself in the Lord And I think, you know, there are times when really, I think to just be at the feet of Jesus and let his love wash over you, let, you know, the truth of his word wash over you, be rooted and grounded and anchored in his love 
and his keeping power in those times. And, you know, maybe you just don't have it in you to pray anymore at that time. And so it's a matter of just actually resting in his presence. I think that that's really important because, you know, there's a scripture that says that they that wait upon the Lord will renew their strength. And, you know, I don't need my kids to be all stirred up and talking great conversations with me all the time. Sometimes I would love when they were little and just curl up on my lap and just hang out. And so I think the Lord's the same. Sometimes to just bask in his love, to let maybe worship and someone else's words of truth wash over you that are, you know, from the word and just even praying in the spirit, you know, because the thing about praying in the spirit is it actually does build up our faith right. and it strengthens us. Right. And, you know, so there's something supernatural about doing that. And, you know, I think again, a prayer partner to have someone come along in those seasons and just say, you know what, I need some encouragement and just allow someone else to speak life into those areas that maybe have, you know, grown a little dull. Yeah. Yeah. I think sometimes that view of God plays into that wrestle as well. Like when you're walking in a really, really difficult circumstance that you're not seeing the breakthrough, sometimes the view of God is part of what's blocking even being able to see the provision that God has made for you in that situation. Yes. That maybe God's not answering the specific healing like your story, Rhonda, you know, for Jay, a specific physical healing, but God has made tremendous provision for him for every single day. God has literally given him Mm -hmm. such gifts of wisdom and strength that he's literally using to make a difference all around that's giving him hope that's feeding his spirit too Mm -hmm. like it's Mm -hmm. this beautiful beautiful thing that's happened and there's provision every day Mm -hmm. it may not be the one specific prayer but God is and again our view of God and our view of why and our view of also comparing our relationship with God and our circumstance to somebody else's I think sometimes can even just block us from seeing what God is doing how much he loves us, that he is with us, that he is giving us strength for that day, that he is the one getting us through, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. that's really good, Lori. Yeah. It's so true. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. But that's hard. It like, is. that's hard. And I, like, I want to acknowledge that. You know, I mm-hmm. have a sister, too, who lives with diabetes, and she's prayed her whole life for God to heal her. And, and, and it's, it's hard. Like, mm-hmm. it's, a, it's a hard thing that, that he mm-hmm. hasn't. Like, mm-hmm. it's, it's a frustrating thing. Mm-hmm. That, that he hasn't and having to live with that every single day. Yeah. Just wanting to be healed. Mm-hmm. And I think just even as you're saying that, I, I just was thinking, you know, I think the question is not always why, but getting back to who God is, yeah. you know, because yeah. that why yeah. there's, there's suffering in life. There's mysteries in life. Yeah. There's all of it. Like yeah. it says in this world, you'll have trouble, but take yeah. not, take heart. I've overcome. Like this yeah. is not our home. Yeah. We, this right. is not our home. Yeah. And all things will be made new. All things. All things will. And, uh, you know, sometimes we measure that in our lifetime, what we see, but God sees things on the point of eternity. Yeah. So so we just need the, like you're saying, the miraculous gifts. Yes. We can sometimes think aren't as miraculous because that big healing didn't take place or I now have a baby. Right. And sometimes God's journey looks different than what we expected. Yeah. But we can trust in who he is. Yeah. And that is, I think, even as we're saying that we keep going back to, because the wise will trap us. 
Mm-hmm. But the who will set us free mm-hmm. every time. Absolutely. And that, that there is it is. That. That's quotable. That's it. <laughs> That's, yeah. Did you just come up with that? Yeah, I just came up with that. Oh, Say that, that again. That's good. <laughs> good. Well, I said the whys will trap us, but the who will set us free. Amen. And that is exactly, I think, what all this prayer is doing. It's like what we're saying. It's not a formula. Yeah. I'll name it and claim it. it. We're not talking about that. We're not even minimizing pain or suffering or hardship. No, we're not minimizing no, no, that and no. elevating no. something else superficial. But we're saying that God cares about mm-hmm. every detail of our life. And the most important thing mm-hmm. is that we know who he is and that we have a beautiful mm-hmm. relationship mm-hmm. with him mm-hmm. through it all. Mm-hmm. Through That's it right. all. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And the bigger God gets... The smaller our circumstance yeah, gets. So true. Like in in everything, like in ev- no matter what it is, the bigger God gets in our eyes, yes. in our minds, in our hearts, in our perspective, in our thinking, in our everyday coming mm-hmm. and going, the bigger he gets, the more we know him, the more we know about him, the bigger he gets, the smaller everything else gets, all the worries, all the the daily concerns, the things that we want to pray for the things that we need, all of those things just get smaller and smaller. Yeah. I think that, you know, that leads into, you know, the point where, you know, the Lord does say to keep our, our, our thoughts and our minds on things above, right? You know, we really do need to be mindful about what we're thinking about. What are we believing? What are we speaking? You know, what, what are we doing with, with all of that? Because, you know, I think of, even just Goliath, like the devil's a loud mouth. He really mm-hmm. is. He's mm-hmm. going to be oh, screaming yeah. his lies and his taunting yeah. to us any yeah. chance we let him. But, you know, to tell him to not just to shut up, basically, is really what I would say. <laughs> you tell him not to and you just start to speak what God's word says. You start to get your mind on who God really mm-hmm. is and you start to believe those things. And honestly, you can have joy and peace right in the middle of a very difficult circumstance. And I think that that was the difference between all the Israelites that, you know, faced Goliath. They started to believe what they listened to day in and day out. So I think it's really important what you're listening to. I want to listen to what the yeah. word says. I want to listen to what God says. I want to listen to those things because that faith comes by hearing and by hearing the word of God. And that's where I'm going to be anchored and rooted in that love of God and that hope. And, uh, you know, we, we have a job to do by taking our thoughts captive. Yeah, we really do. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's true. It's true. And it does come back to that choosing life or death, yeah. right? It does come back to a walk of, are you going to choose to walk in the life that has been provided, the abundant life and all that comes with that? Or are you going to choose to walk with things that have no life in them? And often in our circumstance, we when we get caught up in all of that, those things don't produce life. But when we focus on that which has life and that which comes from God, all of a sudden those other things, it's not that they go away, but this the perspective completely shifts. Right. And I think that is such the difference. Like it's not like when we compare one to another and you hear somebody say like, why did God answer their prayer and not answer mine? I don't think God, well, I know his word says he's no respecter of persons. Mm-hmm. So he's not putting special favor on you, Carolyn, nope, and overlooking not. somebody else. He's no respecter of persons. But I think that when you choose life every day, your perspective on 
how God is answering your prayer shifts from when your circumstance is so big that it's taking up all the space and actually sucking out all right. the life in the room. It's not that God is doing anything more for me or for you or for the next person. He's literally got the same measure for everyone. Mm -hmm. The abundance that he came to bring us is available for everyone. But again, what are we choosing? What are we choosing to bring along the journey with us? What are we choosing? And I think that perspective actually is what makes the difference. Mm -hmm. But it appears like you get all your prayers answered. Right. Which I don't, but <laughs> you but oh, do you know what but do you know what I'm saying? Yes, in absolutely. that comparison game. And absolutely. there's no life in that comparison game either. No. So it's yeah. 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 It's so true. So no, true. we get to choose what we're gonna focus on. And you know, I I just think that with God, everything is possible. Yes. When we invite God in, everything is possible. Yeah. And I want to I wanna leave room for God in every situation. I really do. And I mean, I can choose to have joy and peace and enter the rest of God, no matter what the circumstances. Yeah. That's the beautiful benefit of a life with Jesus here. It's not necessarily that the circumstances have changed, but I can have his supernatural peace and his joy and enter the rest of God, even in that nasty circumstance, you know? Amen. I love it. Well, thank you, Carolyn, for sharing with us today. My we just pleasure. loved it. Yeah. So, so good. Yes. So good. Love so this good. conversation on loved prayer. It. I think it's, yeah, it's a big one. It's it a big, a big one. one. It yeah. Is. It's a really big one in our relationship with God. Love Any last here. words that you want to share that maybe um, you didn't get to share? Let me think. Any last words? I guess, um, you know, the scripture that I wanted to share with all of you, because one of the, um, one of the life scriptures that you had asked me about was, or sorry, one of the things you had asked me about were my life scriptures. Yeah, and yeah. So what is your life? I just scripture? want to share those two quickly with you okay. because I think they really tie into all oh, of I this. Love it. And okay. so the first one I have is in Philippians three, verse ten, and it says, "For my my determined purpose is that I may know Him, that I may progressively become more deeply and intimately acquainted with Him, perceiving and recognizing and understanding the wonders of His person." more strongly and more clearly. And so I think that is our purpose to really, really know God intimately and personally. And then from that place, you know, we can really just be so assured of who he is. You like the amplified. I love the amplified. <laughs> Drives Terry crazy. Too wordy. And then my other life scripture, I think, ties in because it's Romans 4 and uh, 20 and 21, and it's talking about Abraham, and it says, No unbelief or distrust made him waver, doubtingly questioned concerning the promise of God, but he grew strong and was empowered by faith as he gave praise and glory to God. Fully satisfied and assured, or fully persuaded mm. in some translations, that God was able and mighty to keep his word and to do what he had promised. Wow. And so I want to know God intimately, and then I want to live from a place of being fully persuaded and assured that he is who he says he is, and that he can and will do what he says he'll do. Wow. Beautiful. Well, that's why so many people come to get prayer from you on Sunday. <laughs> <laughs> they do the lineup. There's a lineup. That's amazing. Oh, that, that is really, really powerful. Well, thanks for having me today, girls. This yeah, was a lot of fun. Yeah, what a I great love you conversation. Both so much. Aww, love you too. Love yeah. you so much. Well, 
As we leave today, I just want to remind you that God has complete confidence in you. And that you are crowned as a daughter of the King. Have a wonderful day. Bye. We hope you enjoyed the podcast today. It would mean the world to us if you would subscribe and leave a review. You can follow us on Instagram at Awakening Moments Podcast, and you will find Lori and I at Lori Eitz Boucher and Rhonda.Corto. We'd love to connect with you.